0: Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson and Jonathan Horn.
1: I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. You're going to hate it? Yeah.
0: All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome into the Coach's Corner with your host Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content that you do not want to miss at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. I'll tell you one thing that I'd like to miss is having to review that all 22 this week of the uh, Titans game whatsoever, Jonathan. I know that you and I watched that game together, and uh, I got to say, you, uh, you weren't too surprised with the outcome, were you?
1: No, obviously it was ugly, but it was amusing to me going through the week about everybody talking how this would be a Derrick Henry game um, because of the snow and the weather. Well, you know, Derrick Henry probably doesn't have too much experience playing in snow and this kind of weather. You know who does? uh, Probably the MVP, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen it time and time again. Um, A team from Tennessee with a running back, who is the basis of their offense from uh, Florida doesn't strike me necessarily as a guy who is the cold weather extra I just, great guy for that situation. Um, That was terrible word choice by me, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do
0: do get what you're saying. In any account, not because you're talking about the cold weather, any account to what Ryan Tannehill came out and said that it had been colder in Nashville than it was in the Green Bay. One thing I'll say about that is I understand what he's trying to say is that the cold shouldn't have got to them. You know what Nashville didn't have the Green Bay had that night? Three to four inches of snow.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Tannehill that it was um, that the weather, the cold itself, the temperature didn't have that much of an effect. But snow absolutely does. And the way you cut, the way you come out of breaks, having no experience in it. Absolutely has an effect on you, especially if you're a receiver. They didn't get much coverage or much uh, separation all night. And there are also schematic things that I have questions about. This team we know comes into a game and they like to do their own thing, and I think that that was something that really reared its ugly head in this game. The Packers, they're weak between the tackles when you attack them. If you can uh, get some some movement there in in the middle where they're strong is on the edge, and that is where Derrick Henry likes to do his work. So the Titans for the most part came in and tried to do what they tried to do in the run game, and they attack the Packers where they're the strongest at, which is on the edge. Uh, Don't necessarily like that. I get that you want to do what you do, but this is a team that needs Needs to go into into a game and have a better opportunity by attacking opponents weaknesses we saw it in the browns game where the browns came in and did exactly that they attacked the right. titans where they were the weakest not stuck to a run game because that's what they did they attacked them where they were weakest and the in that browns game the titans did what they did which you saw it open up in the second half but it's, it's different when you go against a team like the packers and the team like the Browns. So. And then you look at the pass game and what they did. They went in and look. The Packers don't have a great pass defense, but they do have a great corner. Jair Alexander is a great corner. And so to target him most of the night just raised a lot of questions for me.
0: It was like they were targeting Johnnie Smith because he was a big body and maybe he could just turn around and post people up kind of a thing since nobody was getting separation. And to go back on a couple of things you said there, just to kind of hammer home what you're saying, this isn't necessarily a Titans wide receiver core that can naturally gain separation. I know that they do that, but look at how they do it. A.J. Brown is a, is a very technical route runner he uses these uh, cuts and he uses his stems to be able to get open and he uses his body a little bit too. And he's, he's masterful at that, but that was kind of negated in the snow and the ice. He wasn't able to get it. And I think that Tannehill's timing was just off with this, with, with the receivers he was used to being able to create this natural separation. So then he looks at Johnu, and like you're saying, Alexander's covering Johnu, and, and, or just seem to be wherever Tannehill was throwing it, maybe make a conscious effort to find where he is and say, Nope, I'm gonna throw over here, and last thing I wanted to point out that you brought up, and, and they did. The Titans did start attacking that kind of that inside zone double double wham play that they like to run last couple weeks. They did go to it in the second half, but I was my thought process when I saw it was where was this earlier? Because and I will say this about the running game, if you go back and watch the film, which I I still plan to, is there's four or five plays that I thought Derrick Henry was about one, you know arm tackle away from breaking for a big, long game. And they just could never get that going. And then you had the one drive where Tannehill gets sacked twice in a row. It's fourth and 27. And just just things weren't going very well. You're, you're playing on the Packers' home field. There, this is a NFC uh, favorites uh, to, to go to the Super Bowl. It's either them or the Saints. So you knew you were going to be in for it. You know they're not a bad team, and they're not. They're, they're really doing well. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best uh, quarterbacks to play in his generation. And you knew this was going to happen. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers to play in his generation. So, I mean, you, you link those two up and, and here's what I liked what they did early is they got some nice, easy completions to, uh, to Devonte Adams from Aaron Rodgers that really kind of set the tone for them on offense. And then that, and they attacked the, the Titans defense exactly where they're the weakest this year. And then you allow Aaron Rodgers to be able to dance around. If you listen to efforts, pod, which very much you should go out and listen to as well. If you're listening to our show, Zach and, and Mr. Lebowski, I think, uh, Mike had the day off, but Zach and Mr. Lebowski went on and on about the pass rush and how it's terrible. And they, they, went into a little more passionately than I than I think I'm able to about the problems with this this Tennessee Titans defense. I mean, the title of the show says it all. This uh, Titans defense stinks. So, worst defense in the NFL, I think is what they called it. So, the Packers were able to come in and take that kind of advantage, and the Titans really can't... They're not built, and I said this, I, I kind of got beat up a little bit about it. I said that even though the Titans are a, a really dynamic offense and really good, they're still offenses I'd, I'd probably rather pick because of, of how quickly they can score and how they operate. The Titans you know, weren't able to get into their flow in this game. And then they made some coat some coaching decisions that were very questionable at one point in time. I know you're wanting to get into that in just a second, but just overall just wasn't a great game for the Titans. And people are going to ask, what could you have done to fix it? What can you do this fix it? I think this one you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders and, and say, well weather and a whole lot of other things we're not we're, were against them. The referees may or may not have been against them. Kind of hard to argue when there's zero penalties versus the Packers. But it is what it is. You kind of have to scrub it and move on. But I mean what what was the most maddening thing for you from a coaching perspective in this game? I know we like to hit on the coaching topic of the week. Was there anything in this game that you, that you hated anything more than anything else?
1: Yeah, I think that when you look at uh, another curious decision, a little bit of a disconnect between uh, th- what the Titans think they are and what they actually are, uh, and that is the uh, the punt on early in the game where you're punting from the opponent's uh, – from the opponent's 32 yard line. I don't, I get that you have about seven yards to cover to get the first down, but guess what? You're going against Aaron Rodgers, and you should know at this point you don't have a great defense. I've already scored one touchdown on you, and you're going to try and, I guess, pin them back at the one yard line um, at best, but really, you know, it goes in the end zone and the windy conditions, and it ends up for a 12 yard punt. I mean you're talking about a difference of twelve yards for a chance to give your offense, which has to be the way you win games. That has been proven. That has been proven over sixteen weeks. That has to be the way you win games is through your offense. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna punt it over to them. Even as they get it at the one yard line, I don't think there's any doubt, there shouldn't be much doubt that they're gonna score. Like and so that for me showed once again just a disconnect in what the coaching staff thinks that they are and what this team actually is and so that would be my that was my biggest concern from a coaching standpoint is that punt was asinine to me
0: yeah and i think i said live during the game i was like okay great you just basically you know save the you save the packers if you do a fourth there and you you miss it you save the packers one play because they i thought they could easily make up 12 yards in one play i was wrong it was two plays but i think it was they they gained 16 yards in two plays so it wasn't uh you know Way far off there. It just—it's one of those things where you, you know you're kind of at a disadvantage. You know that you have seen what the Packers have done twice now, marching up and down the field. It's—it's got to be a feeling of like we have to—we have to stay in this game. We have to take our chances when we get them. Who knows when we're going to be back down here? You can have that confidence that to make the smart play. It's just one of those where we talked a couple of years ago about about Vrabel using his aggression in the right spaces. I would have rather seen him use his aggression in this space to go forward and send a message to his team and the Packers alike that we're here for the win and we're here to be aggressive and we're here to put. The envelope, at least on this side of the ball. Now, that being said, he made some, a couple others as well. I I 100% agree with you. The punt baffled me as well. We said it live and I knew we would cover it on the show because it was, we're both in agreement, but you and I are kind of rare. I think we're rare. Thinkers, when we say that we're we're always going to go for it, I think if we're like fourth and ten, as long as we're, it's a, a decent situation, we're like we're oh, we're on the forty going in. Okay, all right, let's 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 try it. So we're we're definitely more towards that kind of angle. Let's keep our offense on the field as as many chances as we can and put that pressure on the defense. But you know, another thing too is that I mentioned that the the Titans were going against the referees a little bit, and you never want to blame a ref in a game because you want to be able to to do what. You do and, and do the things properly so that you're not letting the referees affect the game in a negative stance. However, there were some egregious uh, miss calls, the offsides on Kalu, which wasn't there on the block field goal, which may or may not have actually helped the Titans game situation-wise. And, of course, the miss stepped out. None of those, I think, led to the Titans losing the game. But – Rabel not challenging. Do you have any opinion there about him not taking a chance to look at that or the possibly touched punt later in the game? I mean, he kind of – it is what it is at that point, I guess. But, I mean, were you surprised he didn't pull the red flag out at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to be critical when – a lot here's what happens whenever you watch games on tv you think that every stadium that you go to is exactly the same and it's the same viewing experience no matter where you're at if you watch all 22 tape of um like chicago's field and in there the it's terrible it's absolutely terrible because it's so low to the ground because that's the way the stadium is set up i bring that up because lambeau field is also notorious for being terrible for reviews it's an older field it is not set up for that and so you don't tend to get a lot of reviews regardless uh for able to see so everybody i, I saw you know our uh, partner in crime Braden gall put out you know <laughs> all these people that are mad at uh, Rodgers for um g- rushing to the line. Now, I don't think anybody's mad at Rodgers for rushing to the line. He did absolutely what he should do in that situation. 100%. Um, so I think that was kind of missing the mark. I mean, yeah, he absolutely should do that and take advantage of the of the mistake by the ref. That said, the ref was uh, absolutely just terrible with a perfect view of the mm-hmm. of the situation. Um but no, I don't blame Brabel. I don't blame Brable for that because it's one of those uh at that point you're thinking you may need those timeouts you want to give yourself a chance um and you don't want to waste it and you'd like to see at least one review which you're not going to get at Lambeau it not only is it the home team so generally reviews are harder to come by um it's just not a stadium that is good for getting those reviews so no I don't blame Vrabel for not challenging that that play
0: Right, and later on, there was the question about the pun. I saw it all over the, uh, the the social medias and whatnot about it hitting the Packers. I think I even saw somewhere on some post where someone had actually reached out on Facebook or Twitter and, and DM'd the the player and asked him if he touched it. And then the player's response was, "No, it's close. It did not hit me though." Uh, our own Wes Whistley, who does a great job with our Facebook social media, he's on there. He's 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 really making out some good content and and doing a good job keeping that up. Just want to shout him out real quick. But he actually went and analyzed the play and pulled it off the all 22 and best he can tell from the angles that are available to everyone that can view film it looks like it's close but it does not appear to actually hit the Packers player I will grant you it did take a weird looking hop you know what else causes a weird looking hop is if that falls and there's some extra moisture on the ball or some snow or something and it just has a different weight to it and it flips back around so there could have been other angles that may have been able to tell. Obviously, we're not going to get that look. I don't think that it would have mattered. really mattered 100% in that point in the game. Who knows? But it's just – it's just. you kind of have to just scrub your hands of this one and go, well, this was a bad showing. And I, I, it's kind of frustrating because this is, the, I think, the fourth or fifth time we've said that this year. When the Titans lose, it's when they have a bad showing or when they just don't really cut it. And this defense has been like, – glaring reason for that but at the same time it just maxim it maximizes it when the offense isn't able to get anything going consistently as well and like you said just a few minutes ago this team is dependent on this offense having a good showing and coming out and playing well so i mean it's it's not this it's not this whole thought of can this defense survive the playoffs my thought is can the offense continue a a game streak where they can negate the defense's bad play and now you're just hoping the defense can make a couple stops a game maybe and that's that's all you're really hoping for
1: I believe seven of their ten wins uh, have come when they won the coin toss and took the opening kickoff down to score. And so I, there's definitely something to be said about that. I and mean, obviously I think teams that score points are going to have a higher win percentage than teams that don't. So there, the, that there's just something to be said for that. <laughs> but I also think that this team is heavily dependent on game flow and taking taking that lead because the way that they can score points puts such a strain on the opposing team that if they're not in the lead, it's not there. It doesn't play into what they need. Um, so I think, look, can this offense get hot for four games in a row in the playoffs? Yes. Um, that's like me saying, if I flip a coin, and can I get heads four times in a row? Yes. Am I betting on it? Probably not. <laughs> um, and so there are some concerns there. Uh, now, again, this team, as I've said all year, this team can beat any team that's out there. It can beat any team that is out there. I truly believe that Chiefs included, Packers included. They can beat the Packers. Um, they can. You also lose to any team out there. Which um, we'll good. talk about the Texans coming up because I have a I'm very impassioned right now as we record this about some some Texans <laughs> topics. I do want to <laughs> yeah. touch on one more thing about the Packers game. Yeah, yeah, There's this ahead. narrative out there. There's a little bit of a narrative that uh, the Titans didn't do much because this game didn't matter to them. Uh, they can still win the division. That they didn't do much. Uh, they didn't want to show their hand. Look, I was I've been, uh, the, the solo recording, I said the Titans should take advantage of some of these and like re- and rest some players. You know what they didn't do? They didn't rest players. And had they done that, I'm here for that narrative. They didn't want to show much, get your rest in, because you could still win the division next week. Otherwise, y- you don't send your players out there, your premier players, your running back that has a lot of tread on his tires, your banged up wide receiver, A.J. Brown, that's been out there just kind of chugging along. You don't put those players out there for risk of injury in a snow game, if you're not trying to win it, so this idea that the that the Titans didn't necessarily care about this game, that's again asinine. That's trying to re- rewrite a narrative just to make it look better. It make it makes absolutely no sense.
0: And also, this whole narrative out there that the the you're not going to root for teams that can guarantee the Titans a playoff appearance regardless of who those teams are, is asinine as well. You don't think the Titans were willing to wrap the division Sunday night if they could have? That's, that's baloney. They absolutely wanted to wrap up that division and that, that point in time, their, their path to the two seeds over because of what happened earlier in the day. They know that they're hoping at at best they can maybe get the three seed, but that's going to be a long push as well, given the bills, uh, given the bills, um, Scheduled the rest of the way out. So it's one of those things where it, you're, you're telling me that they, they wanted to push it to a win-and-end scenario again for Week 17 against a team that has a pretty decent offense and can put up points. No, there's no way in hell they wanted to do that. They wanted to try to wrap up that division Sunday night versus the Packers and and make a statement game. They absolutely want to go out there. Unfortunately, the snow and everything else took them out of their rhythm and it's not the kind of game they want to play. And they cannot, this is not a team they have played from behind, but how many of these games where they had to make big comebacks behind did they win this year? That's my point is that it's not something, it's not something they want to be in consistently.
1: Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, again, I would have been fine if that was their approach. If they went into it and said, hey, we don't care about this game. We'll win the division next week against a four-win team uh, that's banged up. I'd been fine if that was their approach. Yeah, but Logan Woodside needs to be your starter. Exactly. You give Tannehill maybe one drive, um, or you, especially when you're down by three scores, You pull your guys because you say, hey, we don't want to get anybody hurt, but at the same time we were trying to win, uh, so it's not necessarily, you know, poster board material for the Texans. No, the fact that they stayed in it and the players stayed in, even when down three scores, uh, tells me they absolutely were trying to win that game. So don't rewrite the narrative. The Titans got their ass kicked um, and they no-showed again in a big game. Um, So it's – that said – I was we were as a group as Titans fans out there if you're looking on the uh, on out on social media and whatnot I do think this team and myself included evaluating them view them as they have no showed every big opportunity they still beat the Ravens they still beat the bills although the bills game was a long time ago they beat the Colts in a second round matchup so unlike previous teams I don't necessarily want to say that this team is a fraud um they just are what they are they are yeah. capable of beating teams, but they have some glaring weaknesses.
0: Yeah, you you're exactly right about this team, but it's one of those teams where they have to things have to bounce the right way for 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 them to go to, to be consistent and be successful, it seems. And that's not the kind of playoff team you really want to pull for and it's gonna put on a run if they have to have everything bounce their way over and over again. I think that's at least what I'm taking from what you're saying and from what Uh, my view of it as well is that this, this team's good. They can beat anybody. Like you said, they can also lose to anybody if things don't break. Right. And it's, it's still a grit and grind team and they, and they don't give up. So we'll see what happens for sure. Um, So moving, moving on to the Texans game real quick, that's the next one up. And like we said earlier, it is a, Win and in scenario, uh, there are some other scenarios out there. I think they can play out where they can be the 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 four, the five, the sixth, and the seventh seed, or completely out. I think there's only two scenarios where they're completely out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that those are not going to happen because those scenarios exist, and that could be very much the narrative for the, the Titans going in. Now, I'm not sure. I don't I'm not sure when those games are played. If they'll know anything before they tee off at the three o'clock game or uh, in the later. Half the later half of the afternoon or anything like that. But there is no Monday night game. There's no Thursday night game this week. It's all going to be played on Sunday to wrap up this week 16 of the NFL season. Oh, and real quick, kudos, I guess, a little bit to the NFL to get this season in with everything that's been going on. I know it's been frustrating for certain fans and all the moving in the buys and and moving around, and maybe it's not the exact product that you're used to. I, I get all that, but kudos to the NFL for not really having a playbook for this and for getting this thing in. You know, I will say that, and and here we are about to wrap up the season, and and the Titans. We'll see what happens with them. But as you stated earlier, you're pretty passionate about something. There was a little bit of piece of social media stuff that's going on. I'll let you set it up and get into it because you had a pretty good tweet about it about what's been going on leading into this Texans game, at least from the Texans side of it.
1: Yeah, I saw a tweet out there from Diana Rossini talking about um, how the Texans are going to come out fired up. There's no way that they don't come out here uh, inspired after a JJ Watt locker room speech. That is, I've said it twice already this uh, this pod. I'll say it again: is asinine to me. Um, I said if if. Look, if that inspires them to beat a 10 win team and has them playing at that level, then uh, why did he wait till week 16 to do it? Why did he wait for a coach to get fired to do it? They started zero and four. He shouldn't have had a locker room speech before then. If they're talented enough to do that and that's their only problem, then uh, that's even more of a problem for J.J. Watt. Why did you wait this long? Now, I think that has more to do with J.J. Watt being a little bit of a camera hog. And you can talk about it. Have you, I mean, we've been in locker rooms, college and, you know, high school level, whatever. I'm not saying that there's not a a place for those kinds of things, but you're a four win team going against a 10 win team in no way, shape or form. You can look, and I'm not saying the Texans cannot win because they absolutely can win. They're not going to win because of a damn JJ Watt locker room speech.
0: No, and, and it's always been the look-at-me guys that I, I tend to tune out when they and when they talk, that kind of stuff. And J.J. Watt is very much a look-at-me guy and always has been. And, and the difference here, and here's what I'll point out, and I kind of make the relation. So there's been two – there's been a couple memorable speeches in my lifetime as far as guys going out there. One of them sticks out to my my mind was the Tim Tebow speech after, was what was it, the Ole Miss loss, and he was like he came out and said, you'll never see a team work as hard. This is on me today. Uh, it's my fault. First of all, the difference is ours is that – Tim Tebow didn't come out pointing fingers at anybody else. He came out there and says, I'm the leader. I need to do better. I'm going to push these guys. We're going to work hard. We're going to do this. Now I know it's different. That's college or pro. I get all that. But, but my, my point is, is the, the where that those feelings came from is it looked like Tim Tebow was trying to rush through that and get off the stage as quick as possible because he didn't want, he, he didn't want that. You know, he wasn't doing it for him. He was doing it because he felt like it needed to be said. It came from the heart. Whereas JJ Watt just always comes off as this guy's like, look how hard I'm working. Look at me. Look at, Look how humble I am while I brag at the same time. So it, 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 it rings hollow to me. It's always those kind of guys that want to stand up on the the bench in the locker room and pound their chest that you just kind of go, okay, well, that's what he needs to do to get himself motivated. But at the same time, I don't really think that does anything for, for us, these guys. It's always the ones that have the calm before the storm look. that I'm like, okay, yeah, he's about to have a good game. Those guys that say, say – more with less you know what i'm saying like the one word speech all right we just know what we got to do let's go out here and do it i mean that's the thing i agree with you if it takes all this where was this where was this from him calling people out earlier in the season because they've been pretty bad all season but again this bad team is also the one the titans had to take into overtime to, to beat so to your point the texans can beat the uh, titans with or without the speech well, from, from jj th-
1: yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, is that the Texans can absolutely beat the Titans. They've shown that by taking them into overtime. All I'm saying is that the, it's not going to be because of the J.J. Watt speech that right. they do it. It's going to be because the Titans can't do anything on defense to stop them from scoring. Right. And that, it's it, it's almost insulting to, I think, a lot of players that they need uh, that kind of a speech. That that's gonna motivate them to do that. I mean, dang, te- Texans could have won the damn Super Bowl this year. I mean, if only J.J. Watt had given a speech earlier. And that's what always cracks me up is people and you're talking to some of the other Broadway guys. uh I know one opinion is, oh well, you know, at, we've seen this before where uh, a locker room speech or a players-only meeting just gets the ship righted. Well. I agree with that. You've seen some correlation to those things before. Like there have been times that a players only meeting or a, an impassioned speech was followed by a better performance. But it's players only talk about (laughs) is the hundreds of times, hundreds of times that it has happened. And then a crap team is still a crap team because they are a crap team. And that that's nobody remembers those incidents. So I, I have put, I put it out there. And I want to put challenge somebody out because I ain't got the time for it. I need a locker room speech or a players only meeting success rate statistic. I need I need a website somebody to put that together that really tracks it so we can really have a good understanding. Um, does that do anything? Is there actually success that's followed by it? Because I think I think it's just crap.
0: SFF speech football focus something like that got there and, calculate yeah, and once 40. yeah
1: <laughs> and once again uh, if you're a professional football player if you're a grown man and you now are going to play hard fire the whole team start over if you're the texans because if that is what was needed to get you to play better if that's all that was standing in your way you got to start over just clean house start everybody over
0: yeah and, and just to kind of hammer home you said there that those times when it did work to always seem like it was players only which means there was no media there was no big calling out if they called each other out it was to their faces and it was in a kind of a man's way not not this chicken and, and that's the thing is that you saw some tweets afterwards from from some of the texans like like they, they know that that rings hollow from jj watt and they didn't really like that and there some some kind of rumblings like uh oh, whatever kind of a thing. That's not the truth, and we know JJ is just doing this for a show kind of a thing. And it definitely seems like that. So that's what I'm banking on. And but going into the game, this is a it's a divisional opponent. It's you know what the stakes are as the Titans. They're going to go out there and give it their best all. And this is the thing. Ty- uh, Henry is, what, 240-ish away from 2K? I don't really care about that. Just win the damn game. I, I you know, Here's the thing. If he gets to 190, 100, 1,999 yards, but the Titans get the win, fine. I'm good with it. I don't care. And that's and that's kind of the point earlier. Is don't root for things that are going to be because you can't stomach rooting for the Steelers. You can't do this. Or you want to see the tight, the Texans score late to bring it close to so the t- Titans still have to keep running the ball. No, I want this thing – you know, in the second quarter to be decided so that I can so not have a panic attack in the third and fourth quarter. I don't care. Get Henry out at that point in time. I don't care if he's 50 yards away. Those things are great, but the playoffs are the goal. The Super Bowl is the goal. Who cares about these individual awards? I, I guarantee you, Derrick Henry, want, at the end of his career, would be much happier if he has a couple Super Bowls over than, than three or four rushing titles, although I'm, I'm sure he's probably not complaining. But he, he, if you asked him which ones he'd rather have, he'd probably trade a couple of those rushing titles for a Super Bowl, I'd be willing to bet, because that's the ultimate goal. So that don't, don't dick around with this one. Go out there. Be the team that you know you can be. Defense, play with a little fire. And for the love of God, take some more risks. Get after them with some some you know manufactured pressure like this show has been begging for for months. And just live with the results. Because that, 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 at the end of the day, that's the only way you're going to be able to get to Deshaun Watson, get him uncomfortable. And that's when he's at his worst. If you let him get comfortable, let him move naturally, it's over. And he's going to have a hell, hell, hell of a day. So... Those are the kind of things I'm hoping the defense comes out because I, I'm sorry, I know I know that they got a sack or whatever this last game, but it, this, this pass rush does not strike fear in anybody's hearts, and they really need to, do, to come out here and try to figure out some creative ways to have the quarterback and start practicing those methods leading up into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I, I will say this, they, I saw some more attempts at manufacturing pressure against Aaron Rodgers in the game Sunday night. What I didn't like is on the back end, they were leaving uh, a Dory Jackson and then Malcolm Butler later on singled up with Devontae Adams. I, I kind of believe it against that offense. The one person I'm not letting beat me is Devontae Adams. I'll double team him. And they did on one, he still caught a touchdown. You still going to take your lumps. But if I'm going into that, uh, if, if I get beat by uh, one of the other guys, you know, y- you did what you did you could, but letting Devontae Adams run wild like that I, I don't really agree with. Now this game, you don't have Devontae Adams out there on the outside. Nope. So, so go, go go to town, manufacture that pressure. Um, y- you don't you don't even have Will Fuller out there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Brandon Cooks is banged up. I mean, there is no reason you shouldn't be able to... I mean, Randall Cobb is not even available for him. And so it's one of those, go to town. Go, go to town, manufacture that pressure. Get a big lead. Um, and then, oh, go into impassioned speeches or moments from coaches and things like that just tell Derrick Henry he only has one run because I've heard it twice now that he very tells him he's just got one run left and he goes out and gets the big yardage on him so they just tell Derrick Henry that every single play you only have one run you better get your yards he'll be unstoppable
0: <laughs> yeah after the I wonder if that works after the 20th time in the same game or not <laughs> we'll see uh, real quick what's your opinion speaking of like the the doubling Devontae Adams what's your opinion of Bill Belichick pretty good coach yeah, he's all right. He's all right. So, a couple of things I saw this week just kind of, kind of made me giggle. Is there was an old video clip of him walking up to to Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, before a game, and saying, "Hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, have fun today. We're going to be doubling y'all all game. You're not getting anything." And then Chad Johnson be like, You for real? Oh, come on, coach. Don't do that to me. And then, and then, like, later on the same day, I read where Odo Beckham came out and said, Yeah, Bill Belichick, he does that to me every time that I play him. He's like, Yeah, have fun. You're not getting anything today. We're going to be doubling you all day. And that's the thing is that Bill Belichick is like, Damn the torpedoes. I'm not letting this guy beat me. We're going to let someone else try to beat me consistently on defense. And that's his philosophy. He's going to take away your best weapon. And that's honestly, that's not a bad uh, structure to, to base your defense off of. And I just, I just wanted to point that out real quick because I thought that, you know, you, you've been preaching that and then to see Bill Belichick kind of the video come out, it's, it's awesome.
1: Well, the, the mo- even more frustrating part is that's what they did against the chiefs in the playoffs last year. And I know that they lost, they were going to lose that game probably, but they at least gave their self a chance with the game plan because they did that to Travis Kelsey, right? They literally doubled him at the line. and was not letting him get off the ball and they did take him away. Now Tyreek Hill, you know, ate your lunch. That's the reason that, uh, that the chiefs are so good, but it's, uh, it, they're obviously capable of it. I don't see how you don't go into that Packers game with that same sort of mentality. Give yourself the best chance to win. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but don't don't hamstring yourself.
0: Right. So we'll see what happens in this Texans game. Obviously, we're hoping for a win. I think the Titans should be able to win easily, but I thought they should be able to win easily against a lot of teams this year, and they were pushed to overtime or that last possession. So we'll see what happens here. This is definitely, it's it's going to be a sad, sad show next week if we're having to deal with one of those two scenarios where the Titans are completely out of the playoffs. i would tell you that right now. So
1: it's could nice you imagine. Could you imagine if they finally, if they finally get over the nine and seven mark, don't like the playoffs. they get to 10 wins and then miss the playoffs.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be like, can we go back to nine to seven and make the playoffs? I mean, good lord. But that, that's the problem though. When you when you lose to the Cincinnati's of the world, when you when you have the struggles that you have throughout the season, you don't take advantage of 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 the Pittsburgh Steelers team that I don't know if is as good as what people have thought they were throughout the season, but you have to to come back on them and try to make it a game late. And that and that you, you put yourself in these situations where, yeah, congratulations, you got the 10 wins, but you know, you needed eleven. You needed twelve you know, to, to win. it. sometimes it's just that the way it is. This isn't like the NFC East right now where it's like the first to six wins is going to, I don't even know how many wins they're at, but the first to whatever wins it is, is going to win that division. It's just ridiculous. There's still three teams that could win that shitty division. Uh, excuse my language, but it's just, it's just maddening to me. The Titans are going to be 10, maybe possibly 10 and six and lose out on the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. And this is why you want to try it. Cause Hey, if the Colts would have beaten the Steelers on Sunday, who? <laughs> how big would this weekend have been i mean that's this ridiculous at least they're still kind of in the i don't want to say drivers well they are in the driver's seat they win and they they win the south so that's as simple as it is but now they're not in the driver's seat they need some help at that point in time and I'm, i'm i'm a little sick of that needing help so at least they're in the driver's seat for the south as of now but i hate that it comes down to the last game but it is what it is so hopefully we'll see what the titans can do do you have any final thoughts about the game or score prediction or anything you want to share
1: No, I think it'll be interesting. By the time they actually kick off, uh, they may have already clinched a playoff spot. Now, it may not be. uh, Obviously, the the Colts are playing at the same time, so they still have something to play for. But that game does have a different feel to it if they already know that they're in.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. Maybe they don't press as hard, so we'll see what happens there. I think the Titans are going to win. I don't Uh,
1: care. I don't care how much they press. They better win a game against a four-win team. Number
0: three pick in the draft. Number three pick, except not them. Is the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins. But... I just want to keep bringing that up because Bill O'Brien sucks. And I wish you would have st- stuck around with the Texans. He was doing some good things if you ask me, so we'll see. But that'll wrap it up this time. This has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, partnered with 440 Sports. be sure to check in all of our other podcast articles and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. Check out Jonathan at JB on Broad, myself at Ryan on Broadway, and the show at Coaches on Broad. But until next time, we'll see you. We out. I screwed that up. I was like, do I go? Yeah, (laughs) thanks for clearing that up, uh, cleaning that up. I, I screwed that up big, big time.